0: Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. All right. Last week, we started this story about Lazarus and talked about how Mary and Martha sent for Jesus and said, Hey, the one you love is sick. Please come. And that whole moment, if you weren't here, listen to it um, and catch up with where we were because I'm not going to go over the whole message again. But, but in that moment, what he was saying and doing and the waiting because he wanted them to trust him and have faith and he wanted to do this miracle in a place where it was beyond what they even thought could even happen. That's kind of what we talked about last week. There was four days. They believed that, that, you know, in that time, they believed, you know, that the spirit of somebody would kind of hover around the body for three days. And if something was, if they were going to come back, they would do it within three days. But after four days, they're gone. They're gone. And in that moment, Jesus deliberately waited because he wanted to show who he was and his authority, and he wanted God to get this glory and it not to be misunderstood that something else possibly could have happened because they were like, no, it doesn't happen in four days. Maybe three, maybe possibly two, but four days. Nobody's coming back. But that's what he's waiting for. And he says, remember we end it, do you believe? Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? Do you trust? Do you have that faith? Will we stand with him in faith and believe that no matter what, no matter how long, that he can bring life into those things that we think are dead? In John 11:28, 28, it says, and when she had said, when she had said these things, this is Martha, when she had said these things, after talking to Jesus, she went away And secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha had met him. Then the Jews were with her in the house and comforting her. When they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, they followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So in this moment, in this scripture, you have where Martha has already come to Jesus and and, and she's expressed to him her feelings and saying, Jesus, if, if you had only been here before, our brother, my brother might not have died, that you would have been able to do something if only you had been here. And so now you have this moment where she goes and she gets Mary and Mary runs out and comes to Jesus and says the same thing. And it doesn't say why she she goes out secretly to get Mary, you know, maybe. And as you're studying this, it, it's believed that, that maybe it's that, that she... Wanted Mary to have this moment alone with Jesus that there wasn't a crowd around, hopefully at this time? But we see in the scripture that there was because they all followed her because they thought she was going to go to the tomb and weep some more. But as soon as she heard, she heard that Jesus was calling for her and she jumped up and ran to him. Now in this moment, like I I just imagine, there's so much uh, like emotion going on in their life and and, in inside of them. They're in this period of mourning and weeping, and, and she's emotional. But she jumps up, and even though she's questioning everything, and even though she might be frustrated, she runs to him. Right? Are we are we going to run to him? Because he's calling for us to come. He says, come see me. I want to be with you in this moment, in this thing that you're struggling with, in this thing, this grief, this this time of hurting, this time of pain, or whatever it is that you think is too far gone. I I want to be, come to see me. It's interesting because he doesn't go and meet her in her house. And I'm not saying God's not there or Jesus isn't there with us. What I'm saying is He wants us to get up out of the place that we are and come to a place where He is. Because in that moment, she stayed there in the house probably because she was such a mess, weeping, crying, wailing, and didn't know what to do. And He says, I want you to get up out of that place, that place of mourning, that place of of weeping that, that you have... Build this space where this is where I mourn the, the death of this thing. And I'm sitting here in this place. And he says, I want you to get out of there. Get out of that place and come to where I am. Come to me. Right? Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. When she comes to him, she comes to him and and she says the same exact thing that Martha said. She comes and she says, If only you were here, my brother wouldn't have died. There was faith in there, right? There was this this trust and this belief that, that he could heal the sick. And we see with Martha, whenever He asked, do you believe that your brother will be raised from the dead? And she's like, well, yeah, I know in the end, you know, to go to heaven with everybody, we're all going to be raised to life, and there is life for those that believe. And he's like, no, do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that that even though there's maybe some, you know, parameters that you in in your mortal self have put around this situation saying that three days there's maybe a possibility but not four days there's no way that this thing can happen it's been too long but in this moment you see that they both said the same thing And, and i'm thinking about that i'm like wow In different moments, separately, they said the same thing. And it only makes you think that they probably are sitting around. How many times did they say this when they were sitting together in their house mourning and weeping? And at some point in their discussions, when they're sitting together talking, it turned more negative to where, hey, if he would have just been here before, something could have happened. What are the conversations, what are the things coming out of our mouth when we're sitting in this place, maybe with our family, even our friends, we're talking? It makes me think about this because in this conversation that that they've likely had multiple times over the past days before Jesus came, what was coming out of their mouth was... It's too late. It's not going to happen now. It's too far gone. Is what's coming out of our mouth about our situation or what we feel like has, has gone by the wayside or that is dead now that Jesus told us he was going to do in our lives. It, it, God has spoken this thing to us, but you say, God, it's just been too far, too, too long. And now it's just, there's no way that it can happen. Are we thinking and, and communicating with faith? Or do we believe that we've missed our chance? In John 11, 33, it says, Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, remember they said, she's probably going to the tomb to weep some more, so they just followed along with her. She's weeping. She's coming to Jesus, and, she, and she's crying, and, and, and the, Jews are, the Jewish people with her, because they all gathered together in these times of mourning, and just all... St- were around each other just wailing and weeping. It says, therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? So now there's even more than Mary and Martha that are saying, oh, if only it could have been earlier. And they're even speaking of trust and faith in this moment saying, we believe we've seen him heal those that are blind. We've seen these miracles and these signs and these things that he's done in other people's lives. And look how much he's weeping for Lazarus, and and, and if only he could have been here. Couldn't he have kept him from dying? Then in verse 38, then Jesus again groaning in himself came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. So in this moment, it it says that Jesus saw her weeping, And the others that came with her, they were also weeping. And in this, can we see that in this moment in this Scripture, it shows us that they're in like terrible grief, but in this moment, Jesus is moved with so much compassion because of the grief that He wept. Now in this time, In this Greek time that they're in, they they believed that God was so far off that the the gods were, were disconnected emotionally from people. That they ruled, they reigned, that, you know, there, there's this thought that they are not connected to us emotionally, that they have no care. All they want is just for, to, to, to rule, to maybe be mean, to maybe, you know, do something good for us, but they really don't care. It's just all for them, and they don't care about us. That is the thought in that day. But we see that even though that's that Greek thought, that God. Our Heavenly Father, Jesus, sent to be somehow fully man and fully God with us, that in this moment, He is not disconnected, He is not emotionally separated from us, but He cares so much and has so much compassion for us that He was grieved for us, and He wept. Oh, I just when it says that they were weeping, and you know when you read these words and you study what these words mean, when it says that they were weeping, as was the custom there in that day, that when there was mourning, when someone had died, they were like weeping. There was hysteria. The the more crazy and, and wild you were with your grief and weeping, the more it seemed that you were caring about the person that died. So when it says that they were weeping, they were wailing and screaming and crying and doing all this crazy stuff. And that was their, their view of, of mourning. But then it says Jesus wept. And this word, you can you know, read it and be like, oh man, now he was in this place where he was... No. With this word, when it says Jesus wept, it says... You know what this word means? It means to shed tears. He wasn't out of it. See, he was feeling that compassion for this people so much that it hurt. But he wasn't out of control. See, we get out of control. We Lose ourselves in control of what's happening and what we're doing in grief and in these times when things are happening. But he does not get out of control. Because he has the authority over death. So theirs was this loud, crazy wailing, just wildness. And when it says that he wept, it's that he shed tears. they were weeping for their loss and jesus wept because they hurt he wept because he cared so much for him for them he wept with compassion but had full control and authority over himself and the situation that's what we need to see though because I feel like so many times we, we get to these places where we are out of control and, but it's because we feel like we don't have the authority. We can't do anything about it but do we know, do we understand, do we trust and have faith that he can and will do something about it? it says that he wept. Says that he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. So when he comes to this moment, comes to this place where he's standing before the tomb, he sees these people hysterically wailing and, and weeping and just crying out because of their mourning and their grief said he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Now this is interesting. This word groaned in the spirit. What what is this What does this mean? You want to know what it means? This word groaned actually is a word most most used for a uh, a horse that is snorting in anger like in that uh, yeah I mean anybody know horses around here? Um, But you ever, I'm not going to do it. Tori's like, you're going to do it. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You know, when a horse is just like, you you see, maybe it's just in a movie, if you haven't been around a horse, but a horse is like getting ready to just go, you know, and they're like, (sighs) you know. You ever, okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? That's what this word was used for. And and when it's used for for man or for something other than a horse, it it denotes this sense of of anger and frustration. So, So in this moment, you have Jesus. He's seeing this grief. But you have God here with us on the earth. And in this moment, you see that he's, he wept because he cared so much for them, and then all of a sudden, you see that it says that uh, he, he groaned and was troubled, and he groaned and, and was angered and frustrated. What? At what? At death. At what it was bringing into the lives. He, he saw this, this death and what it was doing, not only what it had done to Lazarus, but what it was doing in the people that surrounded him, them. Surrounded him, Lazarus, and this group of people and just wailing and the troubled and all this stuff. And he had compassion and it says he was... Ugh! He was angered and frustrated at what death had brought. And his word it says that he was troubled. It was ang- he was... uh Troubled. And this 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 word it, as you study it, it it's it's like he was he was angry at death and frustrated and groaned and, it's like this it's it's means this inaudible just grunting, frustration, anger. And it says he was troubled, and what this means was because he see we can read this and how it's translated in our bibles it's like wait was jesus troubled like he was like i don't know whenever i think about when somebody's troubled it's like i am out of control i don't know what to do i'm i'm frustrated i'm frustrated and i'm like ah you know but no what this means is he was so frustrated and angry at death and it actually if you read it out it's more like that he troubled himself. He stirred up the waters of of the Spirit in him. He troubled himself. He brought himself to a place that that his anger for death and what it had done to Lazarus and what it is doing to the people that cared so much for him, that it was so frustrating and and he was so frustrated Angry at what death had done, that he stirred himself up, and it's like getting yourself ready. You know, you see, seeing it was like somebody getting ready for like a, a fight or a something. You know, not, I mean, I'm not a fighter. I don't know, but you know, you you know, it's like you're slapping yourself. You know, getting ready, like pow, pow, pow. And I don't imagine Jesus did that. But whenever I picture this, like it's, it's like him just <sighs> building himself up. and and stirring up the Spirit in him, saying, oh, you're going to get it now. Oh, death! you don't understand what you're doing. You don't know who you've come against. Oh, what you've done here in Lazarus, and and, and this trouble that you're bringing this people, and this, this, oh, and he was angry and frustrated and working himself up. To the point he couldn't stand it anymore. (laughs) He troubled himself. Where he was angered and stirred up. He was angry at death. See this is so ah this this moment of of being with this people and coming to Lazarus it's it's so oh cool to see that it's actually bringing this moment is leading him to the place where he is actually going to defeat death once and for all because we see after this that after this happened that that there was trouble in the religious people, and they're like, wait, what's going on? This is whatever. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But, but this moment actually stirred up, not just him, but it stirred up the enemy coming against him to ho- hopefully defeat him in death, which was definitely not going to happen. And it says, and again, he groaned. Again, he's, ugh. And the people said, see how he loved him. Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind have kept him from dying, have kept Lazarus from dying? And you see this people around, there's genuine, like, it seems to be genuine, like, sympathy and genuine faith that, like, he could have. You know, it doesn't seem that they just lost faith and were just coming against Jesus, but but they just had trouble believing that it could still happen. Do we have trouble believing that it can still happen? In John 11, verse 39, Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? So in this moment, you know, (laughs) Jesus wasn't troubling himself and, and, and getting this frustration and this anger just so that he could be frustrated and angry. No, he was troubling and stirring up his spirit so that he could do something about the situation. And in our lives, do we know that, that he cares so deeply and has so much compassion for each and every one of us that, that he will grieve with us and, and he's troubled and that he will shed those tears. See, I think that's the problem. Them, they didn't believe it many times. We don't believe it. We don't believe that he cares that much. That's why we struggle with believing that he can still do it. He said, take away the stone. Remove the thing that is holding him in the tomb. Lazarus is in, in the tomb. He's been there four days. He's there They put a stone so nobody could go in, nobody could come out. That thing that's in there in your life that you feel like is dead, is there a stone been put over it so that it can't be raised back to life? Now, see, this is us, not God. So many times we put a covering over and we lock up this thing. This thing that, that, you know, we once believed God was going to do in our lives, but we've just closed off to it now. It's been covered up. It's sealed up. But Jesus says, roll away the stone. Remove The blockage, the hindrance that is allowing me to bring life and healing into that thing in your life. You have to do something. You know, he can do it. He didn't have to have them remove the stone, but there's something in here for us. See, we don't just get to sit there and let God do these things in our life without us taking some kind of action. And the action is not for him, it's for us. I need to be a part of this. I need to remove this stone. So I I see that it was me that put it there, and I need to remove those things that I put in front of where God can do something here. He says, take away the stone. She's like, but Lord, by this time he's stinky. But you don't understand, he's been there four days. I mean, maybe you do know. I mean, you know he's been there four days. But he's, he's got to be smelling and not a good smell at this point. There's got to be decay and, and, and this thing. How, how could it possibly, how could anything possibly happen? It's just been too long. It's not only it's there and it's dead, but it's got to be stink. You don't even want How many times have we God, you don't even want to go in there. It doesn't smell good. That thing's thing's got a stench. It's yucky in there. But he says, roll away the stone. He says, you don't understand what I want to do and what I can do. Did I not say if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Now, in this, in this statement, he said this before, and he says it again, and he's, and he's pointing them somewhere, right? He could do it all without making them think about things, without anything on their part. But in all this, it's not for him, it's for us. Roll away the stone. You put something over there that is keeping me from bringing life back to that thing in your life. You need to roll it away. Didn't I say that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? He can raise him from the dead without our help or without us believing. But he wants to bring us into the miracle in the moment with him so that we can see the glory of God. See, if we don't trust and believe, he can still do the work, but we won't see the glory of God in it. I don't know if you get that. He wants to bring us into the miracle, he wants us to see. Hmm. Do you believe? See, what, what have you put in the grave? What have we put in the grave? Will we roll away the stone? See, will we roll away the stone so that He can bring life back into that thing that we think is dead? John eleven forty one. Then they took away the stone. Like, it's gonna be stinky. I don't know if you want to go in there but they did it anyway. See, another thing for us. We may think it's stinky in there. We may think that God doesn't want to be in that place with us. That He doesn't want to smell that nastiness that's down there in that grave, but he does. He says, roll away the stone. And they, in this moment, had enough faith to just roll it away. And he wants us to do the same. Will you just have enough faith to to roll away? I'm going to do his work, but I want you to be in it with me. I want you to see the glory. So will you have that faith? If you just believe, will you just please roll away the stone? And they rolled it away. Will you roll away the stone? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. I love, I love this. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. In this moment, you have all this, oh my gosh, just the compassion of Jesus for this people in this morning with this death. And he wept, you know, he had this, oh. And he groaned and was troubled himself and was angered at death. And in this moment, now he stirred himself up and he says, just roll away the stone. And they had enough faith to roll the stone away. And then he just prays and he lifts his eyes up and he says, God, I know that you have heard me and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people around me I'm saying this. He's like, I know that I don't even have to say a word, but I want the people around me to see what you're doing and know that you've sent me. <laughs> oh. I just he, I love that he even speaks this in his prayer. For them to hear. He says. God I know that we can do this. In an instant. Without even saying a word. But I'm speaking. And praying. Just so the people around me can hear just so they can see who you are and who I am. See, in him, there was, the authority was there. And the, look, he didn't, he, he didn't like go into this crazy wartime prayer or didn't tell God, and we said this, I think, last week too, It's like, I, you know, he's not going and telling God what's wrong and, you know, how he can fix it, and and what things, issues that he has, and, and, you know, this is how you can do it, and here's what can happen, and here's what's wrong, because you probably don't know, you know, all this. He doesn't do that. He just lifts up his hands, says, thank you for hearing me. And I know that you all, wow, to stand in that place of certainty and authority with God. And of course, this is Jesus, but can we see that he is showing this to us so that we can stand in that place too? That in that moment, we could just stand there and say, I know that you hear me I know you always hear me thank you for hearing me he just gives glory to God he just worship I don't know about you but this this just gets me he just he just calmly gives this affirmation. In verse 43, John 11, 43. Now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Now, in this moment, where you have this moment where he's like, "I'm, God, I'm speaking these things just so the people around me can hear and know who you are and who I am and what you've sent me to do. It just, it's just like a moment of praise and worship, just to like, thank you, God. How? Wow. In, the, in the, those moments, how much more would it... Uh, To just stand there, instead of trying to tell him all the things that are wrong, but just saying, thank you. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you that you're with me. And he turns and he's just like, and it says he cried with a loud voice. And in this, it just, it means that he spoke out with authority. He wasn't screaming because he had to scream. But what he was doing, he was taking and with the authority that he had because he had had his time with God. And in this moment he was praying and just giving praise so that everybody else could hear. He's saying, "I don't have to have, catch up on my prayers. We got this, God." And he turned around and it says and then he spoke with authority. Lazarus, come out. Come forth. And this, come forth. I, mm, he did not rebuke death. He did not wartime prayer death away. He had so much authority over this thing. That he just told Lazarus where he needed to come to. Do you see that? I I don't even have to rebuke this death. It's rebuked. It's done. There's nothing. I'm just going to tell Lazarus. This is what it means. When it says come forth, it, it literally means he told him just to come out of there. Come here to me. And I love in this in study and reading, it just says that he's wrapped his hands, his feet around his face and all this stuff. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to see these theologians of people like, like play this out. And they're like, I mean, they don't know if he hopped out. They don't know if he floated out. They don't know if he hobbled, you know, just like baby steps, you know, like they, they don't know. But Jesus told him to come out, and he came out. He just spoke. Here's where you need to be, and here's where he be. He wants to do that in our lives with those things that we think are dead and gone, those things that, that we've put the stone in front of. He wants to taste. he just says, please, if you would believe that you Oh, you would be able to see the glory of God in this thing that I want to do in your life. But will you roll away the stone that you put on top of that, that's keeping me from saying, come out, that's keeping me. Now, again, he has all power and all authority. He can do whatever he wants, but he wants us to take action and roll away the stone that we put there. Will you roll away the stone? Do you believe? Will you believe so that you can see the glory of God working in this moment? And he is going to speak to that. He is going. He's not going to pray for 35 hours trying to say it all different ways. He's just going to say, this is where you need to be. Not in there, but out here. Not in that death place. But in this place where everybody's alive, standing right in front of me. He wants to speak that into that place in your life. So he cried out Lazarus, come forth. Come here. I just, I don't know about you, I love that. It's like, come here, be alive. Be vibrant, be healthy, be whole. In Romans 4:17, it says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. And it says this: this is why he, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. See, in this moment with Jesus. He's like, God. See, he calls those things which do not exist as though they did. He says, it may look like it's all gone. It's all dead. Not mostly dead, but all dead. It looks like it. It feels like it. It smells like it. But do you trust, do you know, do you believe that God, that he calls... God who gives life, gives life to the dead. He is life. He is is the resurrection and the life. He gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist. It may look like it doesn't even exist. God, I can't even see it. It doesn't matter if you can see it. Do you trust me? Will you believe that I'm going to do it? Because it may not look like it's possible for it to exist, but I will call it into existence. I will say, live, and it will live. I will say, come forth, and it will come forth. It will happen. Do you believe? Will the worship team come, please? So he calls Lazarus forth and he comes and he just hobbled, floated, I don't know, hovered, whatever. But he comes out of this grave. And look, he's been wrapped up all over the place and he's tied up. See, when Jesus spoke, again, there's something in this for us. Because when he called him out, he could have called him out and those grave clothes could have just disintegrated. They could have just fallen off because Jesus just said, come out. But I believe that there's a something in here for us and that he deliberately had those things stay on there because they had wrapped up this thing, right? They put the stone over it. They wrapped it up. We're preparing this thing to be dead. Not only have we laid a stone around it, maybe we've wrapped it up, bound it up, covered every piece of it. It's just, you just, I mean, you've got all that thing wrapped up, tied up in bows, you know? You're like, it's gone, it's done. I just don't even believe it can happen anymore. But what happens is that, that he says, come forth, and he comes out with those grave clothes on. And what does he do? He says, he tells them to loose him and let him go. Another action. for We're going to have to take to do some work and unwrap that stuff that we've wrapped around that we're tying that thing down with. We're going to have to take those bandages off and allow God To work on it. We're going to have to. Sorry. Not sorry. He's calling us. He says. Roll the stone away. Move that stone. And he's speaking life into that thing. That we thought were dead. And he's going to tell us. Now unwrap it. So it doesn't look dead anymore. It's not dead. But still looks dead we gotta unwrap some things in our mind and our spirit that we that we have bound up we have tied it up and will not allow this thing to look alive now because we don't want like we just don't we don't understand it but he says I want you to unwrap that I want you to take those bandages off those grave clothes he said loose him let him go. Lazarus was completely raised but he wasn't completely free. He was still bound up. He needed help getting unbound. We're going to need help getting unbound. going to need people to help unwrap that stuff. We need people in our lives that can speak into those places and say, no, no, no. That needs to come off. No, 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 no. That needs to go away. That shouldn't be there anymore. Will we allow those people in our lives to speak those things? Help us walk free. We stand with me. Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to LifeChurchSTL.com.